0: This is episode two of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast with me, Stephanie Hardy. So if you're new to listening to this, if you're listening to the second episode before you listen to the first episode, because sometimes that happens, this is a podcast about professional wrestling um, from the perspective of me, a very young fan. So if you want to listen to more of the podcast, episode one is available on Anchor and Spotify and now Apple Podcasts. So what I'm going to be covering, I'm going to be talking about news and gossip-ish because I never want to like start off um, reporting things that aren't necessarily the truth. So I'm just going to say what's been said as opposed to saying it as fact. So we call it news and gossip-ish. And I'm going to be talking about how I feel about different segments from the different WWE shows that come on during the week with WWE Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. And I'm going to be sharing my thoughts like with different stories that I have as a wrestling fan. So thank you for listening if you have already listened to the first episode. Um, I plan to record episodes every weekend. So thank you for joining me for the ride. Alright, so we're going to start with news and gossip-ish. So, first on the agenda is the fact that WrestleMania next year will be held in the SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California in March of 2021. It's bound to have star power simply because of the fact that it's going to be held in Hollywood, and they're advertising it as such. This isn't the first time it's been held in Hollywood, though. It was held in Hollywood for WrestleMania 21, and they had all those really cool commercials where they were parroting a lot of iconic movies from the past, like When Harry Met Sally and Taxi Driver and many other classic movies. So... It's bound to be amazing next year, and it's very early in the year this time because normally they have it around the beginning of April, so next year they'll be having it in March, and the SoFi Stadium is being built on as we speak, so by the time WrestleMania rolls around next year, it will be finished. But deep down inside, I am feeling some type of way about it being further away from me because the last WrestleMania that I was able to go to, which was my first with my father and my sister, was held in Atlanta at the Georgia Dome, which is now gone because they tore it down. And they have the Mercedes Superdome there, but yet somehow or another, they just keep skipping Atlanta. But I guess one day I'll be able to go again. Also on the news agenda, Simone Johnson, who's the daughter of Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Danny Garcia, um, has signed to WWE and reported to the Performance Center in Florida. She will be the first ever fourth generation superstar. And now you can start thinking about all the fantasy matches that you want to you know, pair her up with, like against Charlotte Flair, who is herself a generational superstar, the daughter of Ric Flair. And in an interview with Kathy Kelly, she spoke about having a strong support system in her family and also Triple H, who runs the Performance Center down there in Florida as well. So in the Performance Center, they train wrestlers from all walks of life who may have started in wrestling and just kept going throughout their entire life, or anyone who's an athlete in different sports such as football, gymnastics, um, and anything in any other sport, to become a wrestler and train them in how to speak on camera how to act and get a character across on camera and also and basically in pure in, in the athletic form of wrestling as well so she has a strong support system in her father of course who um has a legendary wrestling career in his own right and will probably be a hall of famer one day along with his father who also um, was an iconic wrestler who was part of the first African-American tag team wrestling tandem with Tony Atlas and her um, great-grandfather, High Chief Peter Maivia. She comes from a long line of strong Samoan and Black wrestlers, so she's carrying on the torch for the Johnson and NOI family, and I couldn't be more proud of her, and I'm so excited. She also mentioned in the interview that she's balancing a, she's balancing her wrestling career Um, with going to school for entertainment management, which kind of ties into that sort of thing, because in wrestling, they don't necessarily call it wrestling and call it sports entertainment, which is true because as athletic as these wrestlers are, there's a lot of entertainment aspects to it. Considering it's a production, there's lighting, there's scripts and everything for storylines. So, her getting a degree in entertainment management and all that kind of ties in with her new wrestling career and I couldn't be more happy and more excited for her also in the news we also have John Jones who's a two-time UFC champion who would possibly make a move to the WWE when it's time for him to do so he says that the that sports and the UFC are very similar and he treats them both with respect and an icon in the making in the WWE named Roman Reigns is more than willing to, to to scrap up with him at some point whenever he does come. So I'm really excited for that because lots of UFC wrestlers have made that move to the WWE, such as, such as people like Ronda Rousey and, of course, Brock Lesnar, who started off with a wrestling career but then drifted off into the MMA scene and then came back to the WWE to be dominant as he is. And Cain Velasquez, who had a match with Brock Lesnar um, in the la- in the later part of last year. So be on the lookout for that. And also in news, we have Roman Reigns possibly pushing for a match against his famous cousin, The Rock, at the Hollywood WrestleMania that I mentioned earlier. Um, he was sort of in an interview with a couple of people after they had announced that WrestleMania was going to be in Hollywood. He was sort of pushing for his cousin, who's also a famous actor, to come back and be, um, to come back and do a match with him. Now, in the in the wrestling landscape and in the fandom, there's been a lot of speculation and a lot of fantasy matchups going on, and one of them is The Rock versus Roman Reigns, because some will venture to say that Roman Reigns is definitely an iconic wrestler in his own right and rising up to the level of and could possibly rise up to the level of popularity that The Rock has and to watch both of these people who are kind of cornerstones in their generations fighting against each other would be amazing and it could very well be as iconic as say for instance The Rock versus John Cena and how iconic that match was and you know The Rock versus Hulk Hogan the generation versus generation thing would be very easy to sell. So the Rock versus Hulk, ver, mm, the Rock versus Roman Reigns could very well happen. We'll see. And also in the news is the speculation and the rumor that Matt Hardy, who is another iconic wrestler in his own right, might very well be leaving again. He has been leaving cryptic messages on his YouTube channel and also on His Twitter stating that he might be leaving by saying words like goodbye and all that other stuff because there was a storyline on Monday Night Raw where he was speaking with Randy Orton um in terms of a storyline where he was sort of confronting him on what on how he attacked his friend or former friend Edge on television and he was hit in the head with a chair sandwich And now he might be ridden off of television, and he might be leaving. So it kind of breaks my heart to see him leave, considering when he came back about maybe two or three years ago, he came back with his brother, Jeff, and they came back to glorious fanfare at a WrestleMania in Florida. And there was all this excitement based off of what they could do and what they could offer to to the program. But somehow or another, they just got lost in the shuffle. So hopefully... It's not true, but then if it is true, I wish him the best wherever he goes, and he'll be able to move forward with what he wants to do. Along with some more um, news and gossip, we have Kathy Kelly, who's a broadcaster on WWE's um, NXT brand, who has announced that she will be leaving after this Sunday's NXT TakeOver in Portland, Oregon. Now she had been with the company for, I would say maybe four, maybe five years. And she brought a lot of enthusiasm to brought to her broadcasting in terms of how she would interview the superstars and how she would do after shows like with WWE Now and stuff like that on YouTube. And it saddens me to see her go because it seemed like she really enjoyed what she was doing. But she's moving forward in her broadcasting career, so I wish her nothing but the best. Even though it makes me sad to not see her smiling face, you know, you gotta wish her the best. And in probably some really big news, John Cena will be returning in two weeks to SmackDown on Fox. Um, Here lately, he hasn't been on the wrestling scene. The last time he was on a wrestling show was at last year's WrestleMania um, in New York slash New Jersey. And he's been sort of on a tear with his own movie career, kind of like The Rock and stuff. And he's been doing really successful, really successful sponsorships with pistachio nuts, hefty bags and stuff like that. So it's been cool to see him become mainstream in a sense, but he will be returning to Smackdown on Fox in two weeks. So it'll be cool to see him again. Alright, so something I'm going to do on this podcast is um, share special stories um, as a wrestling fan. And since it's the weekend of Valentine's Day, I kind of wanted to talk about how wrestling can open the door to starting and cultivating relationships. As you all know, um, that I, if you listen to the first episode, I mentioned how wrestling has allowed me to make different friends and um, cultivate better bonds with my family members and how it also brought me the love of my life so I'm gonna talk about how watching WWE and, and wrestling as a whole helped cultivate the relationship that I'm currently in the romantic relationship that I'm currently in me and my boyfriend have been together for seven and a half years and It started out of us having a conversation about wrestling I was on Facebook one day this was in 2012 um, (laughs) and I was on Facebook one day I was in school and I saw him post a status about Randy Orton and I was just like huh he likes wrestling because he because he and I were friends on Facebook prior to but that's another story for another day and I saw him write this status, and I was like, hmm, well, maybe if he's watching wrestling, maybe I'll start talking to him um, as a friend or whatever. So I commented and said, hey, you watch wrestling? And he was like, you know, I kind of just got back into it. But yeah, I do, and I really like Randy Orton and what he does, you know, with his RKO move or whatever. And I was like, okay. So from then on, it started with a sort of, in a friendly way sort of talking about the things that we like about wrestling and all of that and we hit it off right away and one of the things one of the moments that made me really feel that I could really trust him in terms of um being in a relationship and just you know on a deeper level was when the 1000th episode of Raw came on and A lot of iconic moments happened in there. There was the wedding with AJ Lee and Daniel Bryan and how she basically turned him down or whatever. Spoiler alert, if you can give one of those, even though it's been like seven years, um, where she turned him down at the altar to become the the general manager of Raw. And then there was the moment where CM Punk also turned on the rock and beat him up and everything and DX return and all of that so that was a pretty special episode in the fandom of wrestling and excuse me and he and I connected on a deeper level that night because there was something else going on with me and he could tell that I wasn't fully into the episode with a whole lot of joy as I normally would be and that night just gave me A huge impression as to what type of person that he was and he was giving me all kinds of moral support and helping me to sort of get into the episode and forget what was going on in my personal life at that time and during that week we had spoken and gotten and gotten to know each other in a much deeper way and we began to open up to one another and that Sunday afterward he asked me to be his girlfriend and I said yes and I think I thank my higher power for him every day he has been nothing but a blessing to me in my life and since then since we've gotten together we have been to various wrestling events with one another and I find it and I find that he is my good luck charm because every time we've been to a wrestling event together, I have met and gotten an autograph from various wrestlers, and that had never happened to me before. So I literally thank my lucky stars for this man, and since it's Valentine's Day weekend, I wanna do nothing but thank the higher power that I believe in and wrestling for bringing this beautiful man into my life. And I hope that wrestling can bring you some type of joy in the fact that you can make a friend or, you know, bond with someone um, as closely as I have in life, period, and it can bring you joy. Alright, so now we've gotten to the part where we're going to talk about what's going on on the shows this week. This week of February the 9th, Valentine's Day weekend. We're going to discuss what's going on. So, on Raw, this past Monday, February the 10th. With the women, we had Becky Lynch versus Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. The match was absolutely fantastic in terms of their knowledge of arm submissions. They kept trying to go for go for each other's arms fairly early in the match. Um, it was a very physical matchup, even though Kyrie Sane was at um, ringside. If you don't know, Kyrie Sane is a wrestler who shares the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships with Asuka. And they're known as the Kabuki Warriors. They're both from Japan. And she was at ringside, of course, you know, being the distraction and all of that to Becky. But um, Becky was even though Becky was being dominated the first half or at least like the first third of the match or whatever, you saw Becky sort of catch her second wind and something that I totally missed that Becky used to do when she first came to the Raw roster was I miss how she used to yell straight fire and it used to make me so excited because she used to like go in the corner of the ring and slap the ring on the floor and be like straight fire and I used to be like yes but she doesn't do it anymore because she has a new character which which is the man which is a little bit more um which is a little bit more tougher than her original character was which was like this really sweet you know Irish girl (laughs) so I gotta miss that, but basically, in the match, they were basically fighting each other. Her persona doesn't fit that, but it's okay. Um, Becky did hit this impressive move where she was putting her submission called the Disarmor on Asuka from the top rope, but of course, you know, with Becky being the most popular woman on the Raw roster right now, she beat Asuka with a rock bottom, surprisingly, um, an ode to the Rock there but she wasn't able to celebrate the victory that long because Shayna Baszler from NXT came and attacked her from behind. And there was a lot of NXT chants going around in California that night. And of course, Shayna Baszler was beating her up because they have unfinished business from Survivor Series last November where Shayna Baszler beat Becky and Bayley um, for brand supremacy when she was the NXT champion. She's not anymore. So they were fighting each other, and somehow or another, Shayna Baszler bit the back of Becky's neck, and she bit a chunk out of her, to the point where there was blood everywhere. It was kind of graphic and everything. It was really nasty. So now I guess you can nickname Shayna Baszler, Shayna Tyson, um, because (laughs) she bit the crap out of her and then ran away, and it was just really gross. To the point where they had to, you know, whenever they shared pictures of the incident, they basically put it in black and white because it was that graphic. And Becky was refusing health care and she drove off in an ambulance. It was pretty crazy. Um, That was probably the best women segment um, of the whole night. But then, of course, you know, there's more with the women. So along with that, there was Rhea Ripley um, who had an interview with Sarah Schreiber talking about everything that she has going on with um, her possible feud with Charlotte Flair um, going into Wrestlemania but she was interrupted by Sarah Logan who's this wrestler who's kind of like a Viking um, type of girl and she was interrupting Rhea Ripley saying you know why are you here and what are you doing here and Rhea Ripley kind of gave like the, the one of the first burns of the whole night she said I'm Rhea Ripley who are you And it was kind of a stab at Sarah Logan because we hadn't really seen her on television in a long time. She was wrestling on main event, which is kind of like their show that they used to have on TV, but they moved to the WWE Network. And we haven't really been seeing her as of late. So um, the who are you was kind of like a huge stab, but um, it led to a match between them both. And it was just so funny because Sarah wanted all that smoke saying, I'm Sarah Logan and you're not gonna forget me and all this other stuff. But she got her butt kicked <laughs> by Rhea Ripley in like a dominating fashion. Like it was so funny because I was watching it with my boyfriend and he basically said, like, Sarah Logan came out there talking all that stuff, but yet somehow or another was dominated the whole match. He said, If you're gonna come out there with all that smoke, the least you could do is come out there and try to get some offense in, but she did not, and it was hilarious. But, you know, Rhea Ripley and her dominant way of fighting, you know, she dominated her, so there's that. And during the match, Charlotte Flair came out and watched it, you know, and she didn't give an answer to Rhea Ripley's challenge to have her fight her for the NXT Championship at WrestleMania, but also... In the answer, she also basically said that how can I give an answer to your challenge when you have a match against Bianca Belair and NXT TakeOver Portland this Sunday, which is true. And of course, we're going to talk more about the NXT Women's Championship when I, when I talk about the NXT portion um, of the show. So also on Raw, you had Ruby Riot give an explanation to why she attacked Liv Morgan last week. Now, her and Liv Morgan used to be friends because they were together in the Riot Squad um, group a few years ago. But then, of course, they got split up with Ruby Riot being injured, Sarah Logan kind of being injured, but just going off on her own. And Liv Morgan was out as well. So now Liv Morgan is back on television with her feud against Lana, which is, I guess, is kind of over now since she's starting a feud with Ruby Riot, And Ruby basically said that... Ruby that Liv will always be a follower and she's always going to be in need of a leader and basically saying that Liv can't stand on her own two feet as a wrestler and as a character and saying that she strikes when I say so and it's so sad because it seems like she's bossing her around and making it seem like she was basically like dog walking her everywhere and I'm just like well dang Ruby you could at least believe in her and her ability to stand on her own but I guess not So that's what was going on with the raw women. So now we're going to go to the raw men. You had Seth Rollins beginning the show. Um, And every time I see him come out with his Monday Night Messiah gimmick with his t-shirt and his followers. And the form of the Authors of Pain and Buddy Murphy. Even though he's called Murphy now. But I'm just going to keep calling him Buddy Murphy. He just came out and it just... Every time he comes out with the Monday Night Messiah thing... It just makes me feel like it's just kind of like a callback to CM Punk and his straight edge society. And it's just so funny to kind of look at it now. You're just kind of like, bro, like if you've watched wrestling for as long as I have, you kind of see a lot of repeat gimmicks. And I just feel like the Monday Night Messiah thing is just a repeat gimmick of the CM Punk um, straight edge society gimmick and how he was the voice of the voiceless and standing up for being you know of the straight edge lifestyle and all of that and how he was kind of pattering himself after Jesus and the disciples but you know (laughs) um there's that I really don't have any negative feelings towards it I just think it's kind of you know similar and he turned heel and everything since he's turned heel which in wrestling terminology means you become a bad guy it's like he's come out you know acting like he's God's gift to wrestling and you know it's just kind of a lot. But then, you know, Monday night, his edges were laid and everything with a man bun. He was feeling himself. And another thing about this gimmick that sort of makes me kind of sad is the fact that you have Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy, who are the tag team champions on Raw. And then you have the AOP, who, haven't, who hasn't really, you know, find, found their stride as tag team wrestlers on their own. It's like when they debuted on the main roster, from NXT, it's like they started fighting, and they really weren't putting anything um, of importance in terms of the tag team wrestling landscape, and then, of course, they kind of went off TV for a while, and then now they're back, and they weren't even allowed to fight for the tag team titles um, against the Viking Raiders, who were very dominant in their um, reign as tag team champions. And in my opinion, they really should have been put in a program with them simply because of the fact that they're an actual tag team tandem. And something that I don't necessarily like is when WWE has these tag team tandems together, you know, but they put together these solo superstars. Who weren't originally a part of a tag team and they make them go on to win tag team gold but yet you leave all your other tag team tandems like the street prophets and the viking raiders and like i said the authors of pain to do little to nothing and it's kind of lame that they do that to them it's almost like tag team wrestling always has to take a back seat to the solo superstars you know who are put together to be a tag team and it's just kind of lame and i just don't like that but you know we got to deal with that part and speaking of tag team wrestling, we also had a match um, with the Street Profits, who are like Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins. They have a lot of personality in terms of um, how they like to party and talk to you know and talk to each other with their personalities and everything. And since they're called the Street prophets, they kind of give off the impression that they're like these really hype homeboys that you just know from high school or college or whatever, who are always the life of the party. And I love them so very much. And they were fighting in a match against Mojo Rawley and Riddick Moss. At this point, Mojo was the 24-7 champion and... If you don't know, the 24-7 championship is like this ma- this this championship that can always be put on the line at any point of the day, no matter whether, whether wrestling is on or not. You can follow it on social media. They post videos and everything stating um, who's the new champion at some point. It can literally be anybody. It can be a referee. It can be a wrestler. It can be a broadcaster from any sports show or anybody, really. It's pretty hilarious. So they fought in a tag team match against the Street Profits. And um, one of the major burns of the night came from them when they said that the only thing that Mojo Rawley would be famous for is riding Rob Gronkowski's coattails. And that was so funny considering the fact that Um, mojo raleigh was a football player first before he came to the wwe and i believe he was also he was a teammate with rob gronkowski and i guess he and i think he played for the new england patriots i don't exactly know because i'm not up on the nfl like that so if i got that wrong please forgive me tell me if i got that wrong but um rob gronkowski and uh, mojo are best friends and There was even a point where he came to the WrestleMania in Florida that I had mentioned with Matt Hardy and them, and he helped him win a match at one point, so I guess it's not exactly the wrong thing to say, it's not completely inaccurate that Gronk does help him at points, (laughs) so there was that. But then the Street Profits went on to win their match and everything, and which is something that the Street Profits really did deserve because they hadn't been on TV wrestling. They kind of do segments where they sort of hype up the show and talk about what's going to happen next and what's going to happen during the week. But in terms of wrestling, they hadn't been doing that lately, so it was good to see them win a match. They're also a really awesome African-American tag team that I really love, So and I champion them. And also Montez Ford is married to Bianca Belair, who is set to go up against Rhea Ripley um this weekend so they deserve more opportunities. And also during the show you also had M V P in his VIP lounge or whatever. And he was going and he and his guest was Drew McIntyre. Now the VIP Lounge is sort of like a talk show that's in the style of um like in the style of Mrs um Ms. T V and also if you wanna go back even further pipers pit with the late great roddy roddy piper so he had drew mcintyre on his show to sort of kind of beef him up and talk about the his upcoming program against brock lesnar for the wwe championship at wrestlemania but then he was kind of tearing him down a bit talking about how people talk about him behind him back behind behind his back and everything and it was just kind of funny but then during this segment He was kind of, they were both kind of standing up as opposed to sitting on the couches that they had put for them and they didn't sit down until, like, the middle of the segment. And I think it's so funny because I'm sitting here like, bro, like, can y'all sit? (laughs) Sit on the couches. They put them there for you. Sit down. So it led to them, you know, fighting and everything. MVP's kind of like this OG. So he feels like, oh, you should respect me because I'm an OG. But Drew McIntyre is like, no, I'm not going to. You know, respect you. You know, so they got to fight and everything, and it made Drew McIntyre look dominant, which was basically the job. So there was that. And another segment that I didn't get to talk about with the Raw men last week, and I said that I was was the segment that involved um, Zelina Vega and Angel Garza from NXT coming up um, to fight Humberto Carrillo and. Of course, a few weeks ago, you had the Super Bowl and everything, so there was the idea—I don't know if Raw or if the people in the back wanted to do this in WWE, but they had a segment involving the Latin wrestlers, and it was just so wonderful to see that type of representation in wrestling and you had Angel Garza getting in but in Humberto Carrillo's face they're both related so they're cousins so they were saying how Humberto Carrillo was basically like a embarrassment and Angel Garza who's a former NXT Cruiserweight champion was saying like I'm the better guy and I actually bring better eyes to my family and you don't and so they got into each other's faces and everything they were fighting and then along with the brawl um, going on, you had Rey Mysterio coming out to the aid of Humberto Carillo, And Rey Mysterio is like an OG in terms of lucha wrestling. And that segment was amazing. So to fast forward to this week, Angel fought in a match with Cedric Alexander, who is an amazing cruiserweight in his own right. And he's a former cruiserweight champion as well. But on television, they don't really put that off. They don't ever talk about him in that light because it's almost like he had a feud with AJ Styles last year and it stunted any momentum that he could have had and he hasn't been on TV since and it's a disservice to him and what he brings because he's very amazing like I'll never forget how when he wrestled on in the Cruiserweight Classic that they had a few years ago they were saying you know a lot of people in the crowd was chanting please sign Cedric And he was signed, but it's like they haven't done anything with him since they brought him up to the main roster. And I would really love for him him to, you know, have more because he was able to show his athleticism in this match. But he wound up losing because, you know, they're still building up Angel Garza to be this dominant force. And I'm pretty sure that, you know, he might be able, he might have a feud with Andrade once he comes back from his suspension. So there's that but I really feel like they should have justice for Cedric um he deserves a whole lot better because he's so amazing so there was that part and that's basically all that I have to discuss in terms of the men and women of Raw so now I'm just gonna go And transition into what's going on on NXT with the women. Now with NXT with the women, you have um, Rhea Ripley, of course, being the top um, billing in terms of what's going on with NXT takeover. Um, She was on the show because she got into she got into an altercation with Bianca Belair because Bianca Belair was making it seem like Rhea Ripley was ignoring her. And it was just really funny because she was just like, you've been ignoring me because you've been skipping to Raw trying to get in Charlotte Flair's face when you need to be worried about facing me because I'm the EST of NXT. And Rhea Ripley got in her face and was saying, you know, you're not going to beat me. And so they got into a brawl after Bianca Belair's match against Santana Garrett and it came out with Bianca Belair looking very dominant in that segment so I hope she does her absolute best (laughs) to win that match this Sunday because she is fantastic and she deserves nothing but the best and I want her to win that and then also with the women you have you had a match with Candice LeRae um, Candice Wrestling versus dakota kai dakota kai um is a wrestler from new zealand and she has turned heel because you know she felt like she was being ignored you know because she was left off of the nxt takeover war games match and she turned heel on her best friend no less tegan Knox. And she injured Tegan Knox's knee. And ever since then, ever since Tegan Knox recovered from it, they have been fighting each other left and right. And in the middle of it is Candace LeRae, who was friends with all with both of them. So she wants to get her vengeance <laughs> on um Dakota Kai. And she beat her and beat her up and everything. Well, actually no, Dakota Kai beat Candace LeRae. And she beat her up with the ring bell and all of that but then Tegan Knox came to her aid and they basically both beat beat them up but then security broke them up and everything so now Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai are gonna fight in a street fight this Sunday and that's gonna be lit so there's that part and then with the NXT men you have of course the program with Adam Cole fighting to defend his NXT championship um against Tommaso Ciampa who never lost his NXT championship he had to give his championship up due to a really bad neck injury and he was out for basically almost a year but then he came back and recovered you know quicker than expected so now they're gonna fight each other for the championship and of course Adam Cole thinks he's better than everybody and he's a great wrestler don't get me wrong But his X-Factor will always be his group, the Undisputed Era, which consists of Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, who are the tag team champions, and Roderick Strong. But Roderick Strong has been kind of out of the equation because of his feud, and I'll talk about that later. But Adam Cole and Tommaso Ciampa are basically going to fight each other, and it's going to be incredible, and I'm looking forward to that. And speaking of... um, Roger Strong and Velveteen Dream—they won't be fighting this Sunday, but they'll be fighting um, this coming Wednesday. He has a feud with the Velveteen Dream, who has returned in glorious fashion. I'm so glad to see him. Um, he basically attacked Velveteen Dream, and he's been out with due to injury because of it. Now he came back about a week ago and beat up on the Undisputed Era. And once he once he had beat the Undisputed Era up, he tore off his trunks and on his trunks was Roderick Strong's family, which consists of his wife, who's also a fellow wrestler, Marina Shafir and their son. And this is an ode to Rick Rude, if you have any, if you um, basically know, which is also a blast from the past, the ravishing Rick Rude. Um, used to get in his opponent's heads by spray painting people that they were close to on his wrestling trunks. And Roderick Strong was pissed (laughs) about it. So he was like, Velveteen Dream, you know, you don't mess with my family and all this other stuff. But what's so funny is he's the bad guy. So you have Velveteen Dream, who's a good guy, you know, trying to get in his head with the family thing, which and they're turning that on its head. And Velveteen Dream basically said, you know, it's so funny because if anything bad happened to you, all of Marina Marina's um, needs would still be met. And it was so sexual. <laughs> like, and everybody was like, oh! And Roderick Strong just got super mad, and he just went to go find him and everything, and it was just hilarious. <sighs> so we got that going on. And then along with that, you had a um, number one contendership match Um, between Angel Garza and Leo Rush, you know, finishing out their rivalry. And that was a pretty athletic match, you know, and everything. So they were fighting for the number one contendership for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship, which is being held by Jordan Devlin. Um, He wrestles with NXT UK, if you ever want to check that out. And they were fighting each other. And Leo Rush came out the victor and Jordan Devlin got in his face and they were, you know, talking to each other, jaw jacking and talking smack. So that's going to be a very interesting thing. And then, of course, you know, this Sunday, you also have the NXT North American Championship match between Keith Lee, um, the limitless one versus his OTP Dominic Dijakovic. I say OTP one true person because they seem to fight each other all the time, but their matches are really good. So it's not going to be boring at all. So we'll see what's going to happen with that. So I'm going to go to a break right now because I've been talking for a very long time. So once I come back, I'll be talking about SmackDown um, and everything that happened with that. Okay. Okay, now I'm back. (laughs) We're going to talk about what happened on SmackDown last night. So we're going to start with the women. The show started with with the Moment of Bliss segment, which is also another talk show held by Alexa Bliss um, and Nikki Cross, who were former women's tag team um, champions, and also Alexa Bliss, who's a former Raw and SmackDown Women's Champion. They both came out, you know, to be best friends and to sort of, you know, host this show together. And their guest was Carmella, who is the number one contender at this point for the SmackDown Women's Championship currently being held by Bayley. Now, on the show, Carmella was talking about the friendship that her and Bayley had. Her and Bayley were best friends during their time together in NXT. And of course, you know, since Bailey has since turned heel, they grew apart. And she said that Bailey was sort of acting like she was better than her when she became best friends with Sasha Banks. And it seems like Sasha Banks gets gets blamed for everything. Every time she's not on television, it's like they always mention her and make it seem like Sasha Banks did this and Sasha Banks did that. And it's just so funny. Um. So Along with the fact that Sasha was being blamed for the breakup and the breakdown of their friendship, um, Bailey came out and started saying that, you know, when you were in NXT, I was friends with you, but we weren't that close. And she was basically saying that she pitied her because she was always better and all this other stuff. Basically just railroading Carmella, making it seem like she was just trash. And also railroading um, Alexa Bliss, which I found was very interesting in their evolution as characters. Because you had... At first you had... Alexa Bliss, who would always railroad the crap out of Bailey, you know, when she was a heel. Well well, yeah, when Alexa Bliss was a heel, she would always push Bailey around and make it seem like she was nothing more than just some little girl and everything and basically bullying her like the mean girl that she was. But then now you have Bailey who's found this new edge. And now she's starting to kick everybody's behind. <laughs> and she basically didn't even let Alexa Bliss even interrupt her at all and I appreciated that evolution and seeing that on screen and so along with that came the idea that Carmella and Bailey were fighting against each other at the beginning of the show so they fought against each other in a what I felt was a really good match because a lot of people online were making it seem like Carmella did not deserve to be in that number one contendership Spot because they feel like it should have immediately gone to Naomi, but they're building a story here. So, even though and they make it seem like Carmella just isn't the best wrestler out of all of them, simply because of the fact she didn't come from the indies or she doesn't have a huge, long standing career, um, like Naomi or say like someone like Natalia Neidhart does, but Carmella has a lot of personality and she has a lot of athleticism to back it up and she did really good like a lot of her offense you know has a lot of kicking in it but before but even before the kicking it's like she had a lot of submissions going on and everything and a lot of high flying you know stuff that she was doing that she doesn't normally do so she actually did really good in that match up against Bailey, and it was almost as if Bailey was sort of you know undermining her and making it seem like you know you don't belong in this match but Carmella was really backing it up and backing up her talk and I really appreciated seeing that from her and of course Bailey won by nefarious means she cheated um and after she cheated and everybody was like boo you know and all that stuff um she started beating up on Carmella but then Naomi came to Carmella's aid and she came out there rocking rough and stuff with her afro puff came out there with a pink outfit and her pink afro and it was so cute i was like girl slay me slay me naomi slay me and <laughs> and she came out there and beat up on um bailey and everything and carmella beat up on her too so what what it seems like they're gonna do is sort of it seemed like at first they were going gonna do like a triple threat between bailey Carmella and Naomi for the SmackDown Women's Championship, but they announced later on in the night, the next week, they're going to have, on next Friday on SmackDown, they're going to have a number one contendership match to see who's going to fight Bailey for the um, SmackDown Women's Championship at Super Showdown in Saudi Arabia in two weeks. So that was really cool. And then, of course, um, with, the, with another women's segment, you had the buildup of... Mandy Rose, um, who's this beautiful Vavavoom va voom um, wrestler going out with Otis, who's a part of this tag team called Heavy Machinery. Um, on social media for like a year now, Otis talks about how he has like this huge crush on Mandy Rose. And if you see Mandy Rose and if you see Otis, Otis is like this ordinary everyman, you know, who's kind of thick and everything, but he's really funny and kind of awkward and and if you and it's like if you see him and if you see Mandy Rose who's kind of like this gorgeous sports illustrated type vogue model kind of girl it's like you wouldn't think that she would give a guy like him the time of day but they were going out they were set to go out on a Valentine's Day date and it showed him preparing for it over the past couple of weeks you know lifting weights you know Going over food etiquette and all of that, <laughs> knocking over a table was hilarious. <laughs> and um, he was set to go out on his date with her last night because it was Valentine's Day. But oh my God, in the worst possible way, they snatched the rug out from under us. And Dolph Ziggler, this other blonde dude wrestler, you know, insinuated himself within that date and it's to be assumed that him and mandy were on a date and then otis walked in a restaurant and saw them both sitting together and it set his confidence backwards and he dropped the roses on the floor and he walked off and i'm just like no i was really rooting for them because you know, their romance had been really sweet They had been building it up over the past couple of weeks With him helping her in her matches and everything And helping her in the Royal Rumble and all that It was so cute So it was just kind of like to watch To watch it all kind of crash down It was just like, Bruh, why Lord? But, you know I guess, you know, they're going to build it up So, you know, if they do, you know, get together We'll be like, yeah, but, you know, we'll see um, <laughs> it just broke my heart last night because I was feeling all the feelings of Valentine's Day, and that just crushed me. But we'll see. And um, to go to the SmackDown men, you have the tag team match between the Miz and John Morrison, and they fought, and they fought last night. And it wasn't against the New Day, which was very surprising, um, because they have a match coming up um, at Super Showdown. And they fought against, I believe, Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan. And that was near the end of the show. And it was just kind of like Roman Reigns... You know, has, of course, been in a feud with King Corbin, but of course, King Corbin was fined um, for how he acted towards a fan and also how he treated old dude in the production truck. He threw him down the steps and he poured some water on a fan and everything because he was angry that they showed footage of him having dog food poured on him by Roman Reigns and the Usos, who are also a part of the Samoan wrestling dynasty. And so he was fined and he was fined an undisclosed amount of money and he wasn't allowed to be on the show last night. But of course he bought a ticket so he was able to sit there and watch the whole match. So once the match was over and technically the show was over, he attacked Roman Reigns afterwards because him and Roman Reigns are set to fight in a steel cage at Super Showdown. And I'm just getting really tired of this feud. Like give Roman Reigns something else to do. Give him something else to do, WWE. God and um (laughs) and so and then you have like I said then you have Daniel Bryan you know trying to recover from his feud with you know Bray Wyatt aka The Fiend who's the universal champion and you know that match was pretty good and then of course you know you have Bray Wyatt slash The Fiend fighting Goldberg um fighting Goldberg for the Universal title of Super Showdown. So in order to beef up that match, they chose to bring Hulk Hogan on there to sort of talk about you know, him being inducted into the Hall of Fame for the second time with the NWO and him sort of beefing up this match against Goldberg and, um, and Bray Wyatt. Because he's faced Goldberg in the past In WCW, like I mentioned in the first episode That was the first match I ever saw So, he was talking Crap at Bray Wyatt, you know Saying, you know, you're not going to be ready For Goldberg, brother And <laughs> and then You have Bray Wyatt saying, you know I'm the fiend, so I don't have anything to worry about And basically, he Parodied and interrupted Hulk Hogan's segment With Michael Cole and Corey Graves Um, with his parody of the NWO intro saying, this announcement has been paid for by the Firefly Funhouse. And I was like, yes, (laughs) because I do not like Hulk Hogan anymore. Like Hulk Hogan was one of my favorites growing up, you know, as a child, but recent events over the past couple of years and hearing how he feels about African-Americans and all that just kind of puts me at a distance with him. So if hulk hogan ever comes up in this podcast again i'll bring him up because he was on the show but there'll be nothing positive said about that man ever so don't ever ask me to say anything positive about him if you see if you have a mind to google anything or all the stuff that he ever said about black people then go ahead and do that but And you'll see why I feel the way I feel, but just know that I don't have, I don't have anything positive to say about that man at all. And for the life of me, I think it's funny that they're trying to introduce him back into the fold in WWE as a legend and all that we're supposed to respect him after all that mess. But I just don't respect him. And I feel like him being able to be inducted into the Hall of Fame for the second time as a member of the NWO is the definition of privilege, but... That's whatever. And just know that I'll never have anything positive to say about that man. So, Goldberg versus Bray Wyatt is coming up, and that's just, and that's going to be a very interesting match because something that they love to do um, whenever they go to Saudi Arabia is sort of pull from the past um, to sort of, you know, cater to that demographic. And they cater to us in the United States using that too, coming around WrestleMania time or whatever, or just when it involves a big four pay-per-view um, like WrestleMania or SummerSlam or Survivor Series or the Royal Rumble. Um, but they do it more so with Saudi Arabia. So I guess it's probably safe to assume that some of the wrestling that they watch might be um, a little bit older or whatever. But, you know, that's what they're going to do. So... That's basically all that's going on on all the TV shows on Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. So, hopefully you'll be able to watch what's going on. And, like I said, this Sunday is their pay-per-view NXT TakeOver Portland. Their takeovers, the NXT TakeOvers are always really good. Like, it's almost like you get the best action from this brand that was sort of built to be developmental. Um, But now it's sort of building up to the point to where it's its third brand that's on the same level if not on a higher level than Raw and Smackdown is. So I would definitely recommend you watch that on the WWE network if you can. Um they let you, you know, log on for free, you know, if you're new. So if you do want to start that, then please go ahead, you know, and watch it, but then if you don't want to watch it, of course you can always watch the shows and watch stuff on YouTube for free and then they'll be able to you know, catch you up, or you could just listen to me and I'll tell you everything now. Um, I'm probably going to talk about it on next week's show. So, yeah, that's what's going on in wrestling now. So, now we've reached the end of our time together. So, um, I just want to thank those. I want to take this time to thank people who have been listening to my new podcast. This is a new endeavor for me. Um, I didn't think that I would I would ever be able to have the courage to do something like this, like a podcast or anything for that matter, because I didn't think anybody would ever want to like listen to me talk for a long period of time or listen to me, period. And that's just a lot of stuff that I have to figure out on my own. But um, as I'm growing as a human, but I just want to thank everyone who's listened to it so far. And i and I also want to thank people who probably aren't even wrestling fans to begin with <laughs> for listening to it um, and just supporting me in anything that I do. Um, I feel the love on social media, and I feel the love from people who want to be guests and everything, who are wrestling fans who want to be guests. And maybe later on in the future, maybe years from now, I'll start actually getting guests who are wrestlers or something. I don't know. We'll see. It depends on how far it grows. But I just want to thank each and every person who takes the time out to listen to me, this ordinary girl from, you know, Birmingham, Alabama, Birmingham slash Fairfield, (laughs) Um, Talk about something that she really loves. And so if you are on any social media, on social media, please talk about my podcast. Um, And if you have started watching wrestling as a result of listening to my podcast, that's wonderful. Um, And with that, I hope, That this gives you some type of joy And it makes you want to start something new Or it makes you want to get back into a thing That you kind of just lost touch with Or something like that due to growth or whatever So thank you so much for listening to my podcast And listening to me ramble on about what's going on This is Hardy Wrestling with Stephanie Hardy And I hope you have an amazing Valentine's Day weekend And I hope you have an amazing week coming up Um, nothing but love peace blessings and soul to you Um, and I'll catch you later bye